You're listening to Curious Conversations About Sex, and my name is Rog. Join me as I invite sexuality specialists to do our best to answer your questions about sex. Topics range from the simple through to the ridiculously complex. So long as it somehow relates to sex, it's up for grabs. Please be mindful that some topics might be great stuff for younger people to listen to, and some might not. Curious Conversations About Sex is brought to you by Curious Creatures, who run a variety of workshops on related topics in Australia. Find Curious Creatures and submit your questions for us to answer at curiouscreatures.biz. B-I-Z. Today we're chatting with Barbara Corellis and Cindy Darnell. Uh, we'll uh, hear a little more about what they're up to after the show, but um, perhaps, uh, Cindy, if you could first just say a couple of words about um, who you are and what you do. Thanks, Rog. Well, I'm a sex and relationship therapist and I'm based in Melbourne, although I also see uh, clients over Skype. And I've been working in sexuality in a bunch of different capacities for over 20 years. And I can't believe it's been that long. And uh, I'm still not tired yet. So that's a good thing. And Barbara, who are you? Hi, Rog. And hello, Cindy. Uh, I'm Barbara Corellis, and I'm the author of Urban Tantra, Sacred Sex for the 21st Century, and Ecstasy is Necessary. I am also a sex educator. I'm based in New York City, um, as well as an author, and I'm a sex life coach. So great to have the both of you on the show. And so to today's question, uh, which is, how come the word ritual comes up in relation to sex and BDSM in particular? Maybe, Barbara, what are your thoughts on ritual in relation to sex and BDSM? Ah, uh, yeah. Um, ritual, that that comes up in the entire spectrum of sex, I think, certainly in BDSM, but also Tantra, Tantra ritual. Um, but, you know, I early on in my career, I worked as a lap dancer, and I think that every lap dance was a ritual. And why? Mm. Because... A ritual is like a group of actions performed in a sequence. That's basically what it is. The other quality of a ritual is that it's a time and a space set apart from daily life. So that could be a tantra ritual. That could be a time for any kind of sex you like. That could be a time for a BDSM scene, ritual and scene are interchangeable in that language, or it could be time for you to come in for your lap dance. It's <laughs> separated from the normal every day, either by place or intention or by uh, a certain sequence of action. Hey, I love the way you tie ritual with lap dance, by the way. I love the way you make a more of a... I don't want to read too much into it, but a profound association in that exchange. That's that's really touching. I've had profound ex- experiences in that exchange. And if you want to read about one, I opened my book, Urban Tantra, with one of my most profound experiences at a lap dance parlor. No, I really liked your definition about sort of that, that re- actions that exist outside of the regular day to day. And I think where that becomes especially important in in a sexuality context is because in my work, in my practice, a lot of people um, say to me that, you know, that they've been with their partner for however long and, you know, it starts to get boring or they start to lose interest or they start to, um, you know, they're wanting to spice things up and this kind of thing. And 
So rituals that sit outside of the day-to-day machinations of life, I think is a really great way to to make sex a priority and to bring some kind of vigor and enthusiasm back to sex practices, especially if they're getting a bit dull and a bit boring to – to actually re to recreate rituals or to create new rituals or um, to change the rituals because I mean even the you know if sex becomes boring it's because the routine has become boring so change it and by making it a ritual by by making it exciting by changing things um, and paying attention to what we're doing that can really add new elements of of excitement to sexuality which is such a helpful resource and it's free. You've just made the most wow. profound uh, a distinction between routine and ritual. Uh-huh. Now, now what when I, oh, brilliant. <laughs> when I was, when I was a little kid and grew up in a, in a traditional religious family, I would go to the same damn service every single week. It never differed. I Maybe a gospel did, but by then I was asleep. And it was just the same, the same, the same. And it was deadly dull. And that really turned me off from the word ritual. It's like, oh, no, no rituals for me. Get those rituals away from me. But what I was doing was not going to a ritual. I was going to a routine. And yes. it's the routine that we're so fucking bored with. Uh-huh. And ritual, if you look at the component parts of a ritual, let's let's make it something simple. Like there's the, um, uh, in my book, I, I break it down into like chilling out, warming up, uh, coming together. There's pieces, but in those pieces, they could be an, an afterglow. You could... You could do those bits in a million different ways. Coming together could be a bath. It could be a massage, uh, high energy sex, the rock, I call it the rock and roll portion, could be anything from a great fuck to a flogging. There's a lot of choices, but it's built with intention. Yes. Mindfulness. And, and I like. I like how that lends itself to a more proactive, communicative approach to sex. So rather than just having sex as something which unfolds at its own pace and where one thing flows into another, like not that there's anything wrong with that. That's that's a beautiful way to hang out with a person. But I love the way ritual implies it's something which is a little bit planned and a little bit agreed and, dare I say, a little bit consented to uh, up front. And, yeah, I can totally see what you're saying, both of you actually. But uh, from what you're saying, Cindy, around – um, with that comes the opportunity to spice things up. I, I love what you're saying about that as a therapeutic intervention in a sex life which is losing interest. R- ritual, what is ritual? It, it's kind of hard to define. All I could come up with is is, is something that's very intentional and, and very in itself it's very defined. Uh, but I think its purpose is, is more obvious to me uh, in that it's something you do in the outside world. So it, it involves, say, like some movement or some um, some chanting perhaps or wh- whatever it is that's a part of that ritual uh, that's done in the outside world. <clears throat> but it's done because it has an impact or it has information for the individuals involved or for that community. So when I think about all of the rituals we have around 
Uh, so, yeah, the classic Sunday morning church sermon that you mentioned, Barbara, is a great one. And then I think about um, in, in the Western community that I grew up in, uh, the, the rituals around Christmas and so forth. Um, they all saw, serve a purpose of, of bringing a community together and allowing for the possibility of some form of transformation for the individual and the community. And so then when I tie that to sex, it's just, well, of course, of course it fits with that because sex and not just BDSM, but, but the whole, the whole house of sex is such a great launching pad for self-development and change and reflection and so forth. So I think if you're already slightly predisposed or interested in ritual, then sex just adds an extraordinary palette of colors and range uh, to, to your ritual. I was Recently, uh, because I work in countries that are not always English speaking or if English is not a first language. And I had to parse the difference with someone between a ceremony and a ritual. Oh. And how I now understand that, although it's just me, is that a ceremony is something that perhaps marks an occasion like a wedding, a birth, a holiday, a rite of passion, something like that, where pr there's probably a lot more people involved than just one or even two. And a ceremony can be constructed of a bunch of rituals. So there, there might be different ritual actions that go on as part of a ceremony, like in the Jewish wedding, breaking a glass is, stomping on a glass is one ritual and, you know, you know what I'm saying. So you can you can t knit rituals together to create a whole big ceremony, and we've done that in on special occasions with sex for people where it the evening it was a birthday, the evening started off with a kidnapping, and that was one ritual, and then it was a a, a bondage ritual and feeding ritual, then there was a bathing ritual, then there was an erotic massage ritual, and then there was a cuddling ritual, and it was all part of one birthday ceremony. Oh, fantastic. Um, I, uh, I, I, I love where you're going, and I, I think that uh, uh, the personal examples of the way we use ritual might be great. Um, so I don't know if you want to say more about that, Barbara. Uh, I've got an example of a ritual that um, comes to mind, and uh, maybe Cindy, if, you'd, uh, if you've got anything that comes to mind, we could go there too. Um, my, mine also is a, is a birthday celebration. It was my most recent birthday, which was uh, an occasion I wanted to mark. And so I invited, uh, I think it was about 10 people in the end that were uh, close to me uh, and that I trusted. And we began by, I asked them to sit down and reflect on what their hopes for me would be for the, uh, for the coming year. And I got them to write those hopes down on uh, colored circles of paper. And then when they were finished, they sat around in silence and I moved into the middle of the room uh, between them and I did an undressing ritual, which was uh, as I take off this item of clothing, I take off and I, I named anything that I needed to be free of in order to be in that space in the moment. Uh, until I was standing naked in front of my friends, then I asked them to slowly uh, wrap me up to mummify me using cling film. And as they more or less took it in turns to do that, they wrapped their coloured circle into the cling film. So in the end, I was standing there mummified with all of these hopes and intentions wrapped and embedded uh, on my skin. 
Um, and at that point in time, it just it was appropriate to I asked them to uh, lift me aloft and and go on one of those classic trust exercises, and they moved me around the room and they shared that exchange between them. And then when that was done, they returned me to the earth and they beat those intentions into me with floggers. <laughs> wow, um, this is great. At the end of that, I just felt their love and their trust and their support and their intentions were so much a part of me. And of course, they cut me out of it and uh, the uh, the ritual was done. And sitting here now, um, I'm looking at my wall and I have those coloured circles with those hopes and intentions pinned up on my wall. And that whole birthday episode was just so profound and so moving. And I feel for me a, a really good live example of how ritual and sex can come together. And it's not really about sex. Like, yes, there was nudity, but um, it was mostly about just being naked in front of my friends. <sighs> yeah. Sounds sexy to me. That's <laughs> really amazing. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, so I guess that's Great. my answer yep. for uh, how, how ritual comes up in relation to sex and BDSM. <laughs> or as yeah. I like to say, it, that's how to throw a ritual. <laughs> <laughs> really? Oh, thank you. I, I'm, a, I'm a little endorphined up now. Um, is there anything more that either of you two would like to add in relation to the concept of ritual? I'll go for one more. Yeah. I think um, don't take it too seriously. I recommend being light and playful and silly and start Yay. with what would be fun, not what would be meaningful. Mm. You know, meaningful will come. It will come. Mm. But get the alive, get the alive childlike quality. Yeah. Yeah. of marveling at what might be revealed. That's more important than how serious and how perfectly phrased your intention is. Yeah. Is that oh, lighthearted feeling that's, that you bring to you with your heart. Yeah. And I think that's what is again helpful in, you know, separating it from the day to day, the, you know, the practical kind of mundane. And I'm just sort of thinking like, um, in terms of ritual, I'm a bit of a workaholic, you know, so I really need to take a bit of my own medicine here and talking about doing such things. But one ritual that I've managed to indulge in, I think, every year for the last seven years is going to New York City. <laughs> because for yeah. me, for me, that's my playground. You know, I do go and work there, but it's it's where I go to play. And... um and I enjoy being anonymous in that city. I enjoy just wandering around amongst how many million, Barbara? Like 14 million mm. people and just so. sucking up the juice of that because I'm actually quite an introvert and I live a very quiet sort of introverted lifestyle when I'm in Australia. And in New York, I enjoy being around extroverts and I enjoy just sucking up the juice of that. And so for me, that ritual of being in that space, being in that energy. And I tend to go back to the same part of New York every year as well because it's a particular area that I really connect with the, the ground there and I connect with the community there and I just really like being there. I feel, I feel the most beautiful I have ever felt in my life when I'm there. And there's something about that that if I don't get to go to New York every year, I feel like I'm I'm kind of, you know, a, a life half lived. So, I mean, that's quite an extravagant ritual, but um, it's something that really gives me 
um, so much pleasure and joy. And as Barbara said, and then it becomes meaningful afterwards because I'm there just to have a good time and I make sure I have a great time. And then I reflect on it and go, oh, wow, I learned this about myself and I learned that about myself. So um, oh. I think that's my version of ritual. <laughs> oh, that's so touching. I love it. And I feel like that's been a really juicy conversation on the question of ritual and sex and BDSM and so forth. Um, thank you so much. So I would love to hear a little more about anything that the two of you have got coming up. Um, perhaps, uh, Cindy, we'll start with you. Um, I would love to hear a little more about, um, if you want to say something about uh, what type of, uh, what you do as a practitioner and uh, your uh, perfect type of client and, of course, how those clients can find you. Mm-hmm. So I'm just in the process of launching a new uh, series of, workshops um which you know i have i mean i've put it on my website but i haven't done any promotion for it yet so this is this is brand new hot off the press nobody knows about this except you guys and my friend who i went out with last night um because <laughs> i haven't done any pr for it yet but i'm i'm running some um mindfulness and intimacy uh workshops for women who experience um trauma and pain with sex and sexuality because um, on my break while I was away in India, I did a lot of research into what are the current um, best practices uh, that clinicians are using around the world to work with um, pain and trauma for women in, in sexuality. And so the program that I'm putting together is a six-week program on starting from the 15th of February on Wednesday evenings um, that is open to uh, all women, including trans women. Um, and it's just going to be a small group. We're going to be meeting for two hours on Wednesday nights um, to really explore the impact of uh, integrating mindfulness with sexuality and sex education for women. Um, And this is with a particular focus on women who struggle with sexuality. So um, because there's a lot of workshops and a lot of classes for people who are interested in sort of being curious and exploring new things, but there aren't a lot of places that people who are actually suffering in sexuality can go and um, learn how to get themselves to a level where they would then feel more confident to perhaps come to one of your workshops, Rog. So this is like a precursor um, for people who want to start integrating sexuality into their life after they've had some pain or trauma or something difficult happening, um, but they don't, they're not quite ready to go to a fully-fledged sex workshop yet. Yeah, fantastic. And yeah. so uh, where can people find you and and that course? So they can come to my website, which is www.cindydarnell.com. So it's spelled C-Y-N-D-I-D-A-R-N-E-L-L.com. And all my information is there. Um, if they would like to book in for private sessions, I can see people face-to-face or via Skype. Um, and all the listings for my workshops are there. And the best way for folks to keep in touch with me is to subscribe to my mailing list, which is also on my website as well. And you, you get a free um, 22-page downloadable book when you subscribe to my website. It's called Reboot Ooh, Your Sex Life. So that's pretty quite exciting. Quite the enticement. Too. Yeah. <laughs> Wonderful. 
And Barbara, uh, what do you have coming up? Um, particularly, I'd love to hear about anything, any Australian offerings you've got. Uh, yeah, what have you got coming up? Who's that for and how can people find you? I'm coming back to Australia from mid-April through mid-May this year, 2017, with uh, two of my signature programs. The first one is the Urban Tantra Experience. That's a weekend workshop on the weekend of April 28th and 30th. This year's theme is Breath, Sensation, and Power. The themes change. Um, This year, you'll learn how breath, conscious touch, and erotic power exchange, all of which obviously can be such great fun. But this weekend, we'll also look at how they can also soothe, center, and empower us in these challenging times. Then, from May 9th through 14th, I'm offering the next Australian edition of the Urban Tantra Professional Training Program. This is a six-day comprehensive training program in the practice and application of conscious sexuality. This is a transformational life and career-changing program for sexuality professionals, for those who are considering becoming a sexuality professional, or people who simply want to take their personal sexuality to that next level. It is, um, has turned into one of the world's kind of cutting-edge sexuality courses, according to my graduates, and it's certainly been the foundation of an astounding, supportive international urban tantra community. And since so much of my work grew, started, and was grown by my Australian colleagues, it is always my greatest joy and thrill to come back to Australia because it's life-changing for me, too. Mm. If you want, it certainly is and always has been, and I suspect always will be. (laughs) Fantastic. Um, (laughs) And so where can people find find further information? You can find out more at barbaracarellis.com. That's B-A-R-B-A-R-A, Corellis, C-A-R-R-E-L-L-A-S, Com, where you can also subscribe to my mailing list. And much like Cindy, you can also get juicy free downloads. <laughs> Yay. Um, so I'm hoping to see you all in uh, April and May yeah. and can in I just, Sydney. Can I just quickly check, Barbara, is uh, the, the site that you've just given out, is that also the most direct route to get to the book Urban Tantra? Ah, you can you can get to the book Urban Tantra or Ecstasy is Necessary right directly from Amazon, if that's your pleasure. Um, that's probably the simplest, or obviously, go to your local bookstore, support them so that it doesn't close. The bookstore, that is. Yes. I, th- I just uh, particularly ask about Urban Tantra. It's been my go-to recommendation for people asking um, what's, a, what's a great starting point um, for my journey into the world of my sexuality. It's just such a profound and good book. Oh, thank you. You've been listening to Curious Conversations About Sex, brought to you by Curious Creatures. We run a variety of workshops on sexuality and self-development, and you can find us at curiouscreatures.com. Is B I Z. 